1: Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMinvestments.com, legacypminvestments.com. Coming up, David Mastio, why he left USA Today and what he's doing now.
0: For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL,
1: Well, so often today we are seeing in the news media people becoming disillusioned with their position in it because there is so much, I, for lack of a better term, there's censorship and there's language being replaced and there's this wokeism that is really sort of taking over at these newsrooms. David Mastio is the perfect person to talk about this. He was with USA Today until a tweet got him in a little bit of trouble. David, I appreciate your time. You worked for USA Today for quite a long time. What brought you there to begin with and what was going on just before you left?
2: Well, I started 25 years ago as the only conservative on the editorial board. I was a news assistant. I was the, the junior member. And uh, I, I've worked there three times. And most recently I came back to be the commentary editor In 2012, and was then promoted to deputy editorial page editor. So I was at the at the center of the opinion section as we tried to adapt to the internet and uh, uh, tried to cover, uh, you know, the Donald Trump era in Washington, which was really uh, was really challenging.
1: So something you said caught my attention. You said you were the only conservative member of the editorial board at one point. In, In general, at USA Today. Was it primarily that kind of a ratio where conservatives were l- less represented than liberal viewpoints? When I when I first started there in the
2: in the early nineties, um, conservatives were a tiny minority. But there was a golden age in the early two thousands when there were six editorial writers and three of us were conservative and three of us were liberal, and I think we did some of the best journalism that that we ever did because we had to come up with a consensus among us to write anything. And so we really had to be focused on the facts and original reporting and original thought and not be, you know, uh, not be partisan or on and on one team or another. And, you know, I I think it was it was spectacular work that we did. But that age is long past
1: at USA Today. Uh, it's amazing. You called it a golden age. How long do you think that that golden age lasted? What what was the the length of that window? It was three or four years. Oh my goodness! In, in the spe- scheme of history, that's a that's a tiny drop in the ocean. Um, what did Even you see? Even in USA
2: Today's forty year
1: history, <laughs> it's a tiny drop in the ocean. Yes, it is. What did you see start to happen? Why did it change? If if the, if the reporting was so good and the work was so good, why change it?
2: Well, what really happened is in the newsroom, not in the not in the opinion section. What happened in the newsroom is there were a series of, of layoffs and buyouts over you know a couple decade period that removed a lot of uh, high experience, relatively moderate uh, staffers uh, from the newspaper and replaced them with very young journalists were coming right out of college and were very cheap, and they came with attitudes straight from the campus, where uh, you know censorship and speech codes are a normal part of life, and where uh, worrying about things like microaggressions is uh, is par for the course.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it, so you replace really good good talent with young, less expensive talent. And as you said, they were coming straight from college with this ideology. And and it's sort of then infiltrated these newsrooms, and you see it everywhere. So one day you put out a tweet that offended people. What was the tweet? What prompted it? I I want you to take us through it.
2: Well, I knew for a matter of months that um, a bunch of these young journalists on something we call the Diversity Committee – We're advocating that the newspaper no longer use the the phrase pregnant women, because men can become pregnant now in this modern world, and we need to be inclusive of trans people. So one day in August of, of last year, for the first time, USA Today sent out a news alert, and instead of saying the CDC had changed some rules for pregnant women, it said the CDC had changed some rules for pregnant people. And I sent out a tweet that said, pregnant people are also called women. And within minutes, my boss was on an internal chat to me saying, people are taking this as transphobic. You've got to take that down. Um, And I said, I wouldn't take it down because it was just a statement of fact. The people who get pregnant are women.
1: Apparently that was controversial <laughs> and, and as some interpret it, transphobic. Um, what happened next? Did they present you with some sort of an ultimatum? Because as I, I understand it, this is what led to your leaving USA Today. What happened?
2: They, uh, well, the first thing that happened was uh, they uh, told me that I was demoted from being deputy editorial page editor. I'd have no management responsibilities and that they were going to cut my pay by $30,000. Um, they later went back on that and said, if I took down the tweet and a related tweet, they would give me back some of my um, my uh, pay reduction. And I, I accepted that uh, for the time being because I have two kids to support and, uh, you know, a wife and life is very expensive in Northern Virginia. Um, so I had to figure out what to do, but... About a month later, I got a memo from the editor-in-chief, Nicole Carroll, and Kristen Del the editorial page editor, telling me that this was my third strike and that I um, would be fired the next time I, I violated the, uh, the newspaper's standards. And what was weird about it was, first off, I'm an opinion editor. I'm a member of the editorial board. I'm allowed to have opinions. And maybe even if even if women being the ones who get pregnant isn't a fact anymore, at least maybe it's an opinion, and I'm allowed to say what my opinions are. I had always been allowed to say what my opinions are for 25 years. But they also went back through my history with, with Gannett and looked for anything they could scrape together to uh, create a list of sins from the past. And some of them were completely ludicrous, like In one instance, I wrote a editorial for the newspaper in which I said that Donald Trump wasn't fit to clean the toilets of the Barack Obama presidential library. And this was offensive to janitors because they were being compared to Donald Trump. So, you know, they were clearly fishing for something uh, to get rid of, for some way to get rid of me. And so that's when I got a lawyer and um, a, couple months, a couple months later, we were able to negotiate where I would move up from opinion writer to opinion columnist, and I would get all of my salary back. But it was also still clear that um, Gannett was out to get me uh, because of my, my violation of their politically correct speech code. And uh, I needed to get out of there. So I was looking for a job the whole time.
1: Uh, it's remarkable to me that <laughs> it's, it's very clear. They searched and searched for some way to get rid of you. They found it. Uh, they can think that they won in this instance. You ended up leaving. We'll, we'll, we'll finish this story and get on to what you're doing now. We're going to take a quick break with David Mastio. More coming up. One of my favorite presidents in history was Ronald Reagan, and he said, all great change in America starts at the dinner table. And sometimes it's tough for us to all gather at the dinner table to start that great change because we just don't have really anything to fix. And so everyone's ordering from somewhere or another, but I've got two words for you. Good ranchers, they deliver 100% American meat to your door. They guarantee you that the meat you get from them is born, raised, and harvested Right here in the United States, it's hard to believe that that's actually kind of hard to come by, but not with good ranchers. And when it shows up, it's all packaged. Each individual piece is packaged. So if you need two pieces of meat for the dinner that night. That's what you bring out and thaw. If you need five, that's what you bring out and thaw. You throw them on the grill, throw them in the oven, do whatever you want. And you know what? They're going to taste great. Great. Good Ranchers delivers high quality meat with every delivery that comes to your door. It's not like you get a delivery and, wow, that was good. And the next one is meh. No, they're all consistently good. They're supporting ranchers and farmers here in America. And I I like to support that too. So go to GoodRanchers.com and use my name as your code, Tafoya, T-A-F-O-Y-A. So you can either go to GoodRanchers.com slash Tafoya or write in Tafoya as the code when you check out. When you do that right now, you get $30 off your first delivery, plus you get free express shipping. That's a lot of savings right there. GoodRanchers.com slash Tafoya. Start bringing people to the table, creating change in America, and eating seriously delicious food from Good Ranchers. All right, so USA Today digs up some commentary from an opinion writer and an opinion editor to make a list of strikes against you so that you know, now you've got three of these quote-unquote strikes. And if you do anything again, So you're basically... Damocles' sword is hanging over you, and you know that. And in spite of this legal settlement you came to, you decided this isn't going to work for you. So you're looking for a job. What did you find? Where did you go? What enabled you to leave USA Today? I I found a
2: place called Straight Arrow News. And the the founder of TD Ameritrade, uh, Joe Ricketts, had founded a news company that said, over the Trump era, the whole media has lurched far to the left in response to Trump's craziness. And there's a real opportunity for an organization to come at things from the center to have an intellectually diverse editorial staff where liberals and conservatives work together to try to get to what the facts are and and come up with a product that's not right leaning like Fox News, it's not left leaning like MSNBC or CNN. It really tries to be in the center and be respectful of people wherever they come from, and you know treat them as if they're intelligent and uh, and uh, and give them just centrist, just the facts coverage. And so what I'm a concept! Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it everything old is new new again. Yeah, so exactly. This is, this is a, a new a new idea for the for the media. Um, you know there was. Back to the golden age, there was a there was a there was an age where this is what the media was trying to do, and um, we've we've given that up in an attempt to uh, get rid of what is derisively called by journalists both siderism. Um, at Straight Arrow News, we think both siderism is is okay. It's good to talk to the left and it's good to talk to the right and see what they have to say and
1: let the facts fall where they may. Facts. <laughs> Let the facts fall where they may. Uh, again, so novel. Um, so your role there, what do you do? How much do you write or do you really kind of oversee the, the pieces that are, that come in? I,
2: I'm the executive editor and I oversee all of the the reporters and the producers who create our news every day. You know, I was in at six o'clock this morning. Um, working with our reporter and our our producer who do the news first thing in the morning. And, you know, the, the next thing I do is, is work with our whole, our whole staff gets together at eight o'clock in the morning and and we kind of plan out the, uh, the day, what we're going to cover. And so I, I work with them and, you know, then I, I work on scripts and, and look at finished stories and and make
1: sure everything's as straight as we can possibly make it. Straight arrow news. How in this, this world today with so much going on and some of it seemingly so crazy as illustrated by your story, really how do you choose, how do you whittle down the topics? I I think that's probably a challenge that every newsroom faces. uh, But, you know, clearly there are some things that someone might think are important that others think, you know, that's really not, that's not where we want to focus our resources. So with limited resources in a, in a newsroom, how do you choose? Well, you know, with, with the Internet, there's an infinite amount of
2: space to cover things. It's not like with a newspaper or a 30-minute broadcast anymore. Uh, you, can cover, you can cover everything. But one of Straight Arrow News's innovations, I, I think, is that we're going to try and understand that people only have time for so much information. So we're trying to cover 10 or 15 stories a day and just get the ones that are really going to matter to people. That not the stories that we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, in five minutes, but the stories that are still going to matter in a week. Um, so we really talk about that and try to try to nail down uh, what what's really going to hit people um, where it hurts and uh, what are the topics that are going to be with us for for months to come that that people need to stay on top of.
1: And I noticed that you on the website, you can tell, you sort of label each columnist with the liberal point of view or the conservative point of view. And so people get a choice, right? They know what they're getting into when they click on a particular link, at least uh, in the opinion section. How, how, How have you managed to make sure that there is equal opportunity for both sides there and that you know, and, and make sure both sides are getting red. I guess it's not, I guess you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, but you know, do you get what I'm getting at here to make sure that the, that both points of view are not only represented there, but are getting, getting seen the way that they should.
2: Well, it's, it's a priority for us that both sides be, be represented in our, in our opinion section. And we try to get the, the highest profile people that we can. We're a young news organization. So, um, You know, we've we've only we've only got so many resources, but we've gotten, you know, Newt Gingrich and Larry Lindsey and and uh, David Pacman, um, who are all, you know, prominent people on the on the Web and in 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 Washington uh, to 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 work for us. Right. And um, we try to focus them on the on the same kind of topics that that we're working on in the in the newsroom so that so the readers are going to be just as interested in what they do as uh, as the news stories that we
1: produce. All right, all right. One of the things, like you said, you, you get a guy like Newt Gingrich and you know you're going to get readership there. How are you avoiding that same position of hiring young people with this ideology about political correctness and speech replacement and all of that? It, you know, it, or are, are they welcome too? Well,
2: most of our most of our staff on the news side is is very young. I'd say they're all younger than forty. I'm the I'm fifty, and I'm the um, I'm the oldest oldest person here, uh, you know, other than Mr. Ricketts, um, who's got a few years on me. Um, But we screen when when we're we're hiring people. You've got to want to work in a place where you're going to hear things that you disagree with. You're going to hear things that you think are offensive. You're going to have to work with people that have views 180 degrees different from you, that have values that that you don't share. And we've got to have a few things that we agree on. We've got to agree on free speech. We've got to free agree on facts. And if you can't work in that kind of an environment, we're not the place for you. There's lots of places like Gannett or The New York Times that will take you if you're interested in the one sided workplace. But that's not us.
1: All right. When we come back, uh, finally, I want to talk to you about this notion of one-sided workplaces and how long those are sustainable. Maybe, maybe I'm Pollyanna. I like to believe that they'll implode upon themselves, but we'll talk more with David Massio about that right after this. You know, since November of last year, the stock market has plummeted, but gold has been on the rise. You need to keep that in mind. While gas prices are insane, the stock market is all over the place. Inflation is at a high of like in four decades. I mean, it's insane out there. We've got this war with Russia and Ukraine that is affecting all of this, but the markets don't like all this instability. And the good news is you have options Gold prices are rising as investors turn to gold for protection. Gold provides a hedge against inflation and protects against a weakening dollar. Legacy Precious Metals, they are the only folks that I trust when investing in gold and silver. You need an investment that's going to protect your wealth and your retirement. So don't waste any time. Call Legacy Precious Metals today. You want to be proactive while there's still time. Remember that year, 2008? So many people saw their retirements just go poof but those who invested in gold saw major gains. Legacy Precious Metals can advise you on all of your options for investing in gold and silver. It's worth a phone call. You can speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. David Mastio, formerly with USA Today, now with Straight Arrow News, which allows for commentary from both the left and the right. And like you just said, sort of a, we heard it from Netflix, you know, look, if you don't want to to hear certain ideas, this isn't the place for you to work. You know, that's what you said is a standard for Straight Arrow News. This is amazing to me that this is an exception now. It seems to me to be, oh my gosh, look what Netflix did. They they actually said, if you can't handle it, you should go. This is this is newsworthy now. And so what we're left to believe is that most places, are, you know, are very heavily leaning one direction or the other. Is that a sustainable model? Do the New York Times, does USA Today have a, a sustainable model? Well, I
2: think it's different for different for different outfits. I think for a place like Disney, it's probably not sustainable because they're the market they're looking for is all of the country. And they've got a they've got a instead of coming from the far left, they've got to come from the center if they want to have the broadest possible audience. The New York Times can build an audience of 10 or 20 million liberal people who all want to, you know, sing Kumbaya and 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 be on the same team. Um at Gannett and USA Today, uh, where, you know, USA Today's 250 daily newspapers are, are local, local, local. And if you want to win in that market, you've got to go after all of the local people because it's a much smaller market than the New York Times has nationally. So some of those places, like Gannett owns the the daily, the biggest daily in Oklahoma, the biggest daily in Arizona, the biggest daily in Indianapolis, or Indiana and Tennessee. These are all red or purple states, and if you if you want to win there, you have to show that the the journalists who work there share the values and beliefs of the people that they're covering, and that's just not happening. Uh, you know, one of the things that happened to me at, at Gannett was that these young local staffers would be able to veto experienced editorial page editors deciding to run conservative columns. And uh, it was, it's just, just amazing that something that seems common sense to the readers is simply unexpressible among, among the journalists. And that's going to create create a crisis at some point. And I'm sure it's already hurting the bottom line.
1: But uh, I would I would think it has to. Why do you think that executives at a place like Gannett or wherever the case may be that seem to run scared of the Twitter mob, scared of this younger generation or this generation of microaggressions and being offended at every turn? Why? Where is the spine that an executive is supposed to have? Where is it gone?
2: You know, Nicole Carroll is the editor-in-chief of USA Today, and she's kind of at the center of, of, of this and of my experience. And she, she really has no, no, no spine. The, um, the kids on this diversity committee run, uh, run the newsroom. You know, she thought standing up, the, the diversity committee wanted me to be fired for, for my comment about women getting pregnant. And she thought standing up to them was only demoting me and cutting my salary by thirty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars a year. And this is not; she's not a nobody. She's, she's on the Pulitzer board. Um, she's a she's supervised Pulitzer-winning work before. You know she's a she's a good journalist, or she was at some point in her yeah. career. And now, I don't know. I don't know what has happened. I wish I could get inside her head and, and understand it. Older generations of journalists would never have put up with this. They would have demanded that young journalists who join USA Today uh, adapt adopt the older values of USA Today, one of which used to be having a diversity of opinions in the room.
1: Yeah, d- diversity goes beyond skin color, gender, and the rest. It's a diversity of thought should be on, on the masthead of every newspaper in America. That's my opinion. I, and you know, I, I the the Pulitzer Committee has dropped several notches in in my book. Uh, you use that as one of her sort of um, credentials. I, I it, the, the Pulitzer Committee seems to me to have to have gone to a place that is so left of center that I I, I just I don't. It doesn't impress me the way it used to, David. It just doesn't the um, whole the whole press has
2: lurched to the left in the uh in the Trump in the Trump era. Yeah. It's 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 a strange reaction to see a president who's completely disconnected from reality and somehow the journalism community thinks getting disconnected from reality in the opposite <laughs> direction is somehow going to make things better. Um that's just bizarre for me.
1: Oh for you and a lot of us. Uh and I and it's starting to make me think You know, look, I I genuinely worry, and I'm with you. I'm in in my 50s, and I don't think that's old, personally. You know, I've got two teenagers I'm raising, but I think about where this goes if left unchecked, where this goes if we don't start getting some balance back. And I like to believe the pendulum will eventually swing back the other way and maybe find its way somewhere back to, to, to equilibrium. I, I pray for that every day, quite frankly, because what we're seeing in the media, in the newspapers, on television, and in Twitter is really disheartening and a little bit frightening, to be honest with you. So kudos to you for for taking your stand and for finding a place that welcomes both viewpoints. And people can find it at Straight Arrow News online. They're they're everywhere. So check it out because it's it's a Great resource to go find whatever side you're looking for. You'll find it there. David Massio, amazing story. Like I said, kudos to you, and I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you
2: for having me. I appreciated getting to tell my story.
1: Yeah, we appreciated hearing it. This has been Sideline Sanity. We're still searching for sanity. I hope you'll help us get there. Do good. Be brave. I'm Michelle Tafoya. See you next time. So with the economy the way that it is, which is not great, makes you think about what is smart investing these days. I was given a gift of gold by my mom. My husband and I were gifted some gold for a wedding anniversary and we're really grateful. And I am really grateful to Charles Thorngren, who gro- who joins us now from Legacy Precious Metals, a sponsor of Sideline Sanity. Charles, we appreciate you so much. You know, we're hearing more and more about, how inflation ain't transitory after all and it may be here a while and you know food shelves are getting the lines are longer it this is really it's not the america i grew up in and it's it's worrying a lot of people so if someone's thinking about investing what do you tell them
3: you, you know it's it's an interesting conversation investing nowadays um uh, we, we want to go back to kind of the basics really where diversification has always been key and, and we hear it. We've been told it ad nauseum, you know, diversify, diversify. And then everyone puts all their money in the stock market and (laughs) wonders why, when there's a pullback, they're in trouble. Diversity means asset class diversity as well. You know, some real estate, um, some precious metals. These are the things that gives your portfolio the legs to stand through all the storms that will happen financially. And, and, And we know that they happen. They happen continuously and they recur. So that's what diversity is truly meant to do. And that's why people used to talk about diversity.
1: So when people see the value of the dollar declining or they see inflation, um, how do you get the average person like me to understand that gold can still be appreciating or that gold can protect right. against that stuff? How, how does that make sense for people?
3: You know, the, the easiest way to look at it is if you look at gold, right? Gold is the anti-dollar investment. As a dollar gets weaker, gold gets stronger. And we know that because it takes more dollars to buy that gold, just like cars cost more now, right? Um, Anytime you have inflation, the item that you're buying costs more. The difference with gold is that it doesn't devalue. It's considered an alternative currency. Basically, when you say that, I don't have complete faith that this financial system is not built on a house of cards, or I don't have complete faith in, in what the current Fed is doing to fight inflation. This is where gold comes in. And this is where we see people increase their amount of gold because a diversified portfolio should have some gold regardless. We need to remember that the United States Fed says 2 to 3% inflation is ideal. So that means for the average saver, if your retirement account's invested, And it's based in dollars that you're going to lose 60% of your purchasing power to inflation by the time you're ready to retire. And that's under the best of terms. And now we can talk about the, oh, it's transitory. Oh no, maybe I was wrong. Um, Maybe we need to do half basis points every month for the rest of the year and then see where it's at next year. These are scary things that Mm -hmm. the experts are trying to tell us that maybe we didn't have it right. And this is why people have gold. And this is why, it offers that protection.
1: It's interesting. Uh, I, you know, I think people think, well, if I'm investing in gold, do I actually possess the gold in, you know, I have it in a safe? Do I have? Wh- How do you get gold? How do you keep gold?
3: Right, and, and physical gold. I mean, this is what we do. So yes, if you're buying it outside of an IRA, we can deliver it right to your home, and you can put it in your own safe. You can put it in your safety deposit box. If you don't feel comfortable with that, we do offer storage for our clients as well. OK, so there's lots of options uh, in the IRA. It's stored for you, just like your IRA account. You don't have access to those stocks. So if you were to take funds from your IRA, you could make that investment and you'd have the retirement account invested in the precious metals as well. And it would be handled just like every other IRA account.
1: That's really interesting. And, and now I'm going to ask you a tough one and I hope you'll forgive me, but I'm just going to be candid uh, and, and ask what I think might be coming to people's minds sure. if the experts in washington are making all these mistakes or they were wrong about inflation then they're going to look at you and say hey charles why should i trust what you're telling me and why legacy precious metals is the place to go i'm, I'm asking this in an honest sure. way because i because i i know you want to be transparent about this stuff so how would you Absolutely. answer that
3: you know it really is is i'm not a politician um <laughs> I have no desire to be a politician. I like what I do, right? I help people prepare their finances. I help people with their retirements. I help people set up their funds so that their children and their grandchildren have something that's there. This is what I do. This is what I do for uh, enjoyment. Um uh, very big in economics. Um, um, but metals is that thing that It's an alternative asset, right? When I was a stockbroker 30-plus years ago, it was unique kind of then. And then everybody was a stockbroker, and everyone had stocks, and there was nothing different. There was no protection. Everyone said the same thing. To me, it didn't make sense for everyone to be doing the same thing. If we all do the same thing, then we all fall together. And we know that if you follow the government's direction – you're buying into whatever they want to sell you. Now, it used to be politics was a little different. We've gotten into a place where we can't say that anymore. It's not always for the people. It's We see that. We see it what they're doing with the economy itself. We know that we have to have something else. And this is why we do what we do here at Legacy. And my history is is why people should you know, give us a call, chat with us, and see if it makes sense for them.
1: Last thing I want to ask you about is I remember 2008, and I know a lot of people Mm do. And, you know, that was a crash, and there have been other crashes. But why is it that when the economy crashes, gold has historically risen? I know you said it's sort of the anti-dollar. Right. Is there a way in layman's terms to explain why that happens?
3: It's, It's the safe place right? When, when there's so much risk out there and people are losing so much money, they just want safety. Mm-hmm. So l- let's look at inflation. We know right now we're running close to 8.5%. Yeah, We can dig some real numbers out there and we can debate that, but we'll just take that number as it is. We'll use 8%. That means everything costs you 8% more this year than it did last year. And we know it's going to go higher because the Fed's already promised us a lot more interest rate raises right to fight inflation but we know it's not enough when they say things like we'll try to raise half a basis point five times over the next six months and see where the economy's at next year that in itself lets you know you need to find something that doesn't put your livelihood in their hands They're they're juggling an economy and the stock market, and it was never meant to be that way. So you have to protect yourself. And this is where gold comes in because it is the anti-dollar. The weaker the dollar gets, the stronger gold gets. And you know, 2008, I remember after it happened, um, the people that would call and try to salvage their retirement accounts, and it was a very devastating time. People would call and they would be crying that they can't retire now. They have to continue to work they're sixty seven years old and their plans are gone because they lost half their value and that's devastating you know but this is where those who were involved in gold they saw gold almost double in price. it offset the losses
1: it offset the losses so again, Charles is not suggesting that you put all your money in one no. place that not even gold but diversify your assets and precious metals is a good way to go. And legacy precious metals is the only company I trust when I talk about and do my investing in gold and silver. And you can contact them as well. Legacy PM investments.com legacy investments.com. I don't know why you would waste another minute thinking about it. Just talk to them. I mean, just ask them, see what your situation can, can manage and handle and might require and just get some answers Uh, Charles, I appreciate your time. Thanks for this. It's been very educational.
3: My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.